When the pressures of everyday life push the buttons of our inescapable human frailties, it's time to press pause, to be still, to breathe, and to look objectively at what is happening to ourselves and those about us. iHub Radio presents In This Moment with Toby C. Helping people to recover from emotional, physical, and spiritual pain. Now, here's Toby C. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. Or if it's your first time joining us, welcome to our show. It's our show about recovery. You know, we have a lot of life to live. We just don't know how much time we have left to live it. So let's focus on making the most out of the life that we have left. We've got to get over our past. We've got to stop worrying about the future. And we've got to stay in this moment. That's the name of our program. It's called In This Moment. And I'm your host, Toby C. And it is our program. This program belongs to you and me. And I want to make it real personal. We're going to spend the next hour um, talking about recovery. And I really appreciate you spending your most precious asset, your time, and investing your time and trying to keep your, your mind open while we, we talk about recovery you know, in our program in this moment. And just to get it out of the way, my email address is tobyc at ihubradio.com. And um, we're coming to you from Palm Springs, California today. And, you know, let's, let's get right to the, the, the topic here. You know, our show is about recovery. Recovery from what? Well, recovery from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. How about that? You know, there's thousands of forms of suffering Today's subject that we're going to be talking about this hour is overcoming sadness. So that's what we're trying to accomplish here. We're going to be talking about overcoming sadness. We're trying to accomplish a little bit more during this hour. We're trying to uh, implement a psychic change. How about that? And uh, you can experience a psychic change over the next hour, only if you're willing, while we try to carry an even balanced, objective, and informative message to you. Um, and I'll just tell you real quick, our, it's going to be a pretty quick hour. Uh, there's not going to be any guests. There's not going to be call-ins on this show. Uh, so you don't want to go too far. We're going to get right to work. The first segment, um, we're going to be talking about how important calm and unity is, how important it is to calm the spirit down in order to uh, contemplate what the problem and the solution is. Our second segment is we're going to be talking about Overcoming sadness, today's subject, and we're going to be talking about the problem of sadness and the problem many of us experience in overcoming sadness. Our third segment is we're going to be talking about the solution to overcoming sadness. We're going to be moving toward in order to live in the solution. And let me tell you, my friend, living in the solution is so much about being in the present moment, in this moment, absolutely. And our final segment is we're going to be doing some imagination exercises, like pointing our imagination toward the right objectives and other forms of, vis- of visualization. So we're, um, we've got a lot of material to, to cover, so I really appreciate you staying in tune. You know, let's get right to work, though. Who, you know, who are we directing our message to today? Well, again, we're directing our message to those who are suffering. You know, maybe, maybe you're suffering Maybe you, maybe you have a loved one or know somebody who's suffering. 
suffering in the form of acting out. You know, sadness can be a very internalized emotion, um, but quite often we find ourselves acting out in many, many different forms of, of behavior. It's called acting out. You know, our program is not about drugs and alcohol, though so much about recovery today is about alcoholism and drug abuse. But we're going to be talking about alcoholism in the behavioral sense today. You know, we're going to be talking about suffering that, you know, maybe you or somebody you know is suffering from a condition which only a spiritual experience will conquer. That quote, by the way, came from page 44 of a, a book called Alcoholics Anonymous. And we're going to be using the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous today as a point of reference and its sister publication, The 12 Steps and 12 Traditions. And again, we're not talking so much about alcoholism, but we will, as much as we're trying to pull little nuggets of timeless and universal wisdom out of these publications as they relate to today's topic of Overcoming sadness. That's the deal. You know, overcoming a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body includes very much overcoming sadness, doesn't it? Yeah, where are we? Yeah, I told you, we're in Palm Springs, but, you know, it's all about where are we emotionally? Where are we spiritually? You know, where are we psychologically? Where are we in our physical condition and and our self-esteem and how we feel about ourselves or how others view us. You know, and finally, you know, why am I doing this? I'll tell you why I'm doing this, because I'm supposed to. I have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. I've gotten out of no man's land and I've got to the other side. And in order to stay there, in order to stay grounded and calm and at peace, I need to try to carry a message to, to others who suffer. And uh, I actually happen to be very... Um, well fit for the responsibility because it just so happens that I do have the gift of gab and I've learned how to focus this gift of gab in terms of, of, of delivering a message of, of hope. And uh, I try to come from the heart, but most importantly, you know, I love carrying a message. I really enjoy it. It's fun. And, and it helps that my favorite topics are the topic of recovery, the topic of codependency, and the topic of God and not necessarily in that order. So I'm just trying to, trying to do the deal because I'll tell you, at the, end of, at the end of the road, it's about watching people recover. And we're going to be talking about that in our final segment, the joy of, of, of getting to the other side and, and watching others recover. So here's the key. You know, let's talk about what we're trying to accomplish before we move on to to studying overcoming sadness. It's so important about, about calming down. And my experience in calming down was in order to calm down, I needed to experience this sense of unity. And I am in the 12-step program. That's why I'm referencing the big book in the 12 and 12 publications. Um, I, I do have a home group meeting I go to every day. It's an hour where I can just sit and be still and get out of my head and, and try to open up my mind. You know, recovery and getting calm and this sense of, of being a part of involves something called the imagination. 
the imagination starts with the open mind. And the open mind starts with just relaxing and calming down and breathing and using our imagination that maybe things are not as bad as they seem to be. You know, maybe, just maybe, things are going to be okay. When we calm down and we acquire this this gift of open-mindedness, it's it's a very liberating experience to be at peace with all forms of spiritual concepts, to be at peace with all points of view, to consider that things maybe are not what they appear to be. It's all about opening up the mind. It's about opening up the mind. It's about opening up the mind to get out of no man's land. Suffering. We know what suffering is, but how about the solution? The solution, we will be talking about the solution today. My friend, I'll tell you, I've got a I've got good news for you of all the bewilderment and all the confusion and all the uncertainty and hopelessness. There is a solution. The solution, there's three parts to the 12-step program. We all know what the 12 steps are. But the three simple actions of the 12-step program are to simply trust God, clean house, and help others. And that's what we're going to be focusing on today trusting God, cleaning house, and helping others as a way to overcome sadness. It's really simple. And so much of the cleaning house involves step work. And step work, my friend, the sooner you get into it, the better, because you'll discover that we're not really interested in what you did. You'll be more fascinated in why you did it. Don't worry about who you hate or who hurt you. You're going to discover why they did to you what they did to you. The beautiful part about cleaning house after you trust God is you're going to get the answer to all the why questions. And therein lies the solution to recovery. So we'll be getting into it deep today. It's going to be a lot of fun. But please, slow down. Sit all the way down. Be at peace. Be tranquil. Listen for the next two or three segments. You know, when I began living in the answer, the problem went away. When I stopped living in the problem and began living in the answer, the problem went away. But before the problem can go away, my friend, we must illuminate exactly what the problem is. And that's what we're going to be doing. In the upcoming segment, we are going to be taking a clear look at what sadness is. If we are going to overcome sadness, we have to know what we're overcoming. Now that we're acutely aware of our sadness, let's examine what this sadness is and illuminate it so we can move toward a solution and overcome sadness. You're not going to want to miss this. You're not going to want to miss this. This is good stuff. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Thanks.
In This Moment with Toby C. continues now on iHub Radio. How about uh, overcoming sadness? If you're going to overcome anything, you've got to know what you're overcoming. If you're going to overcome alcoholism, you got to know that it's not the alcohol that you're trying to overcome. It's the it's this compelling, overwhelming reason to drink alcohol. See, one of the beautiful things that I learned, uh, again, in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, is that we don't drink and use and act out because these things have a power over us. It's the compulsion. It's the obsession. It's this spiritual condition. It's this this psychological obsession that moves us uh, toward these, these behaviors. So again, once we illuminate the problem, then we can move toward their correction. And that's what we're going to be doing today. Let's illuminate sadness for a minute. You know, what exactly is sadness? Well, I've heard sadness referred to as, let's start with depression. Many people experience depression. And depression can simply be defined as anger turned inward. Anger turned inward. We can't be angry and we can't blame the outside world anymore. Or if we do, there's no purpose. And so we retreat and we withdraw. You know, avoidance is a wonderful coping mechanism for defective relationships. However, it's probably the most spiritually harmful behavior we can do. And avoidance is usually because people hurt us. And if you want to avoid being hurt, then avoid the hurt. And many of us, including yours truly, we find ourselves retreating into a place called isolation. And it's lonely. It's very lonely. And it's a very, very sad, lonely place to be. It's empty. It's a place where, where we can often tell others that you don't understand me. You don't know where I've been. You don't know anything about me. We're terminally unique. So why don't we define sadness, first of all, as being alone and terminally unique. And there is a solution for being alone and terminally unique, but we're not going to talk about that right now. We're going to be talking about the other forms of sadness. How about shame? It's interesting, shame is not mentioned anywhere in the first 164 pages of the big book. But guilt is. But guilt is. You know, the name of the game is to stay away from shame. If we want to be happy, joyous, and free, the idea is we have to put our finger on what is keeping us from being happy, joyous, and free. And quite often, it's this sadness as a result of of our acceptance of our uncontrollable, shameful behavior. To go ahead and retreat into sadness and to isolate the loneliness of isolation and the burden of guilt. And it's all about acting out. And the sadness 
maybe a function of guilt. You know, too much guilt and remorse might cause us to dramatize and exaggerate our shortcomings. And that's what we discovered in step five from the 12 and 12. How about never? How about the idea of never and hopelessness? Being a place that we've just retreated to and we've accepted the the hopelessness of our condition. It's called ambivalence. There's nothing we can do about it. It's a negative form of, an, of acceptance. It's, it's the surrender. It's the wrong form of surrender. It's called giving up. It's called giving up. It's called hopelessness. You better believe it's a state of mind. Sadness can emanate from our lack of identity. Many of us come into recovery having suffered an identity crisis, that our needs are not being met, that we're terrified of becoming the hole in the donut, that we've lost our sense of purpose in this life. And most importantly, a lot of sadness has to do with worry. Worry is another word for obsession. To obsess about something is to worry about it. To obsess about something is to worry about it. And to have no control over what we worry gives, leaves us in a state of sad desperation and sadness. It's this sadness, my friends, that will keep you stuck. This sadness, this self-pity, this sadness, this hopelessness, this sadness of not being able to reach our ideal perfection, this sadness of not understanding our truths. The beautiful part about recovery is that we learn how to trust the process. And we're going to be talking about that in our next segment, the solution for overcoming sadness. First and foremost is to trust the process that lay before us. Sometimes when somebody puts their hand out, you may not know it, but you might be putting your hand in the hand of the man. You know, you got to trust this process in order to overcome this sadness. And we're going to be talking about that. It takes a lot of courage these are all the kinds of things that sadness and depression and retreat from our responsibilities and our fear of failure again just keeps us in this, this, this everlasting position of hopelessness. And finally, I'm going to tell you that don't forget that sadness, it's not sinful to be sad, but sadness is a form of anger at things not working out the way we wanted them to work out. And anger is sinful. And if you clean house, you too can discover the seven deadly sins and just how important they are to be aware of in our life in terms of overcoming the human emotions that included 
are included in sadness. When we come back, we're going to be talking about forms of solution. We're going to be talking about moving toward and living in the solution of overcoming sadness. You're on In This Moment. I'm your host, Toby C. You're not going to want to miss this. Stay tuned. moment, helping to open hearts and minds that allow for the mysterious, powerful, enduring, and proven alternative to destructive behavior. Here is your guide, Toby C. Okay, welcome back. It's Toby. We're talking about overcoming sadness. And it's our show in this moment. Better believe it's our show. And boy, have I got some ideas to offer up to you as a solution for overcoming sadness. First of all, how about if we get into recovery, some form of recovery, somewhere, somehow. You know, recovery can just be a room full of people who are simply trying to overcome sadness. They're called grief support groups. Maybe you've heard of them. Probably the most common form of sadness is when we lose somebody we love um, and and uh, grief is an extremely difficult thing for people to process. Uh, grief kind of hits the, the deepest core of our human emotions, and certainly sadness is buried down there with it. So how about that as an example to overcome sadness is to get out of self and get together with a group. It's called a kinship of common suffering. How about that? Kinship of common suffering. That's what Alcoholics Anonymous is. That's what recovery groups are. They are simply a group of like-minded people trying to focus their energy on a problem and move toward the solution. And if you believe in anything like I do, something called statistical probability, if you get enough people in a room kind of concentrating on the same thing, I do believe that you change the energy and the vibration in that room and really interesting, exciting things happen. And that's what happens here. In recovery, the solution to overcoming sadness is to get out of self and to get into a group. And interestingly enough, as we start to get into the group, the beautiful part about moving toward a group is we start to move away from self. And so many of us discover that the root core issue in our suffering is some part of self has been affected. Let me give you an example. If you do the 12 steps, and if you do the fourth step, and if you do the three inventories in the fourth step, the first inventory is the resentment inventory. And in this resentment inventory, and this is a beautiful way to overcome sadness, by the way, Get together with another person and spend two hours and write down every single person, institution, and principle with whom you are angry or hurt or who saddens you. And in the second column, 
spend another couple of hours with your sponsor or your trusted friend and write down every injury opposite each person that has hurt you or offended you or made you angry. And then in the third column, we write the seven afflictions of self. And the seven afflictions of self, my friend, are self-esteem, pride, finances, personal relations, ambition, emotional security, and sex relations. And here's the key to recovery. I'm going to tell you the key to overcoming sadness, and I'm going to tell you the key to overcoming anything in recovery is to alienate yourself from the seven afflictions of self. If you can completely alienate yourself from anything that anybody's doing to you or saying to you and not let it affect the self, you're going to be in a safe place. You will not, you will have what's known as an unshakable foundation. And that's the beauty about recovery. So many of us who come into recovery hurt and saddened, you know, we're fragile. We are eggshell fragile, man. I mean, if you look at us the wrong way, we fall apart. And the beautiful part about recovery and the beautiful part about getting together with a group, this kinship of common suffering and getting out of self is we move towards something called anonymity. Anonymity is selflessness. If you've tried recovery and you have found it wanting, I'm going to offer you a different spin on a support group. If you have a support group that you depend on and that, and that works for you, but every now and then feels, leaves you wanting more, may I suggest that instead of having a support group, you become part of the support group. Immerse yourself in this kinship of common suffering, and instead of depending on the group, become part of the group. And here's what happens when we participate in a kinship of common suffering. Not only do we get out of self, and not only do we experience this wonderful, warm experience of unity, but we experience selflessness. We experience something called unconditional giving. You know, mindfulness, maybe you've heard of the term mindfulness. Mindfulness is all about turning ourselves from within and turning ourselves outward and paying attention to something else or somebody else other than what's going on in our own reality. That's the solution. The solution is to experience something called interdependence on the group. The group depends on you to be part of this support system, this support group. And you depend on the group for your, for your sobriety and your sanity and your recovery. You know, you get, what you, you get out of it what you get into it. Let's also talk about overcoming sadness in the form of spiritual 
principles and spiritual disciplines. You may know what the 12 steps are, and you may be able to rattle them off, step 1 through 12. But many of us forget that the 12 steps are a group of principles, spiritual in their nature, which if practiced as a way of life, can expel the obsession to drink or do anything else and enable the sufferer to become happily and usefully whole. That's from page 15 of the foreword. You know, the 12 steps are a group of principles, spiritual in their nature. And quite often, many of us who suffer from depression or sadness or hopelessness find out that all along, we simply haven't been putting first things first. We failed to put God first, you see. I don't know about you, but I discovered an, an, a stronger relationship with the God of my understanding. And the God of my understanding wants to be first, always. He never wants to share first position. And I did read in the big book, and I have come to believe that my suffering was a direct result of my disobedience to my higher power. And only through great suffering was I, was I given something called obedience. I experienced obedience to God's will because I had suffered so much. I had been given the gift of desperation. And only through great suffering and this obedience to God's will did I establish something called discipline. And this discipline, my friend, is what has given me a new life. This discipline has delivered me from sadness and depression and hopelessness. This discipline has given me a focus on what the proper objectives are in life. You know, God's will. God's will, as I've come to learn, is for me to be at peace with my fellow man. And when I'm at peace with my fellow man, I learn how to be at peace with myself. And I do believe that sadness is a form of not being able or the total inability to be at peace with myself. So the, the solution for me and the solution may I have to offer up to you is to focus your attention on another suffering soul. And the easiest place to do that is find a recovery group. Find a kinship of common suffering where you can get out of self and really focus on another person. And if you're anything like me, after a while, when I started to focus my energy on another person, I discovered it was a form of focusing my attention on God. When I started to honor another person's time with my time and my attention and my focus, I discovered it was a way of honoring my higher power. And when I honored my higher power, and when I came into harmony with what God's will is for me, all of a sudden I was delivered out of no man's land to the other side. I finally made it to the other side, safe and protected. And that's where I want to be today. And you too can, can be there. It's a daily deal, though. And let's get back to honesty for a minute. 
I'll tell you another root core of my sadness was this bewilderment and this confusion. I didn't know the answers to why. I didn't know why I couldn't get along with people. I didn't know why I couldn't get along with myself. I was mired in something called my truth and my reality, see? And I justified everything. You want to talk about the seven deadly sins? I justified anger. I justified greed. I justified being lazy. I justified lust. I justified gluttony. I justified pride. I justified all these things because I was the bewildered one. See, I, I grew up with a distorted set of values. I really didn't know right from wrong. I didn't know how to become honest. Many of us are constitutionally incapable of being honest. And that's why we can't recover and we can't heal. And we stay stuck in anger and sadness. The beautiful part about trusting God and cleaning house in the 12-step method, especially when you get to the four-step, is about taking all of your truth, all of your reality, all your pomp and ego, all your turmoil and all your calamity, all your worship of other things and other people, and you wipe it off the table. And you know what you're left with? You're left with this acute sense of what is right and what is wrong. And this acute sense of what is right and what is wrong comes from God, comes from your higher power. For the first time, you will realize what true ideals are, the idea which is the perfection of God, knowing full well that you will never, ever achieve the perfection of God, but at least it's a standard. It's, it's a mark. It's a high water mark that you can start to aim for. It's called the ideal, and it happens when we calm down and we get honest and we wipe all of our truths out of the way, and we're left with the acute awareness of what is right and wrong. It's black and white. Many of us were failed perfectionists and bankrupt idealists who settled for the bottle in the blackout, and that's what happened to me. And I overcame it, and so can you. You know, it's a daily deal. Once you get out of no man's land and you get to the other side, my friend, it's a daily deal to stay out of sadness, to stay focused on others, and to stay focused on anything other than what your own minuscule, meaningless, unimportant problems are. I'm sure they're very important to you. But are they holding you up? Are they keeping you from paying attention to another person? That's the question we must ask ourselves when we're mired in sadness. In order to overcome sadness, we need to ask ourselves what we can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. The answers will come if your own house is in order. And recovery and calming down is a great way to get your house in order. And finally, let's talk about gratitude. God 
If I can't have the things I want, please help me to want the things that I have today. Sadness is about being mired in our instinctual needs, our instinctual needs for love and for security and not being able to get enough love and security from those about us. And don't you know, my friend, mindfulness is about focusing our love and attention outward. But at the end of the day, my friend, it's an inside job. It's an inside job. I've heard it said before, you know, if you come into the 12-step program trying to find yourself for a little self-improvement, you just might get lost. But if you lose yourself in the 12 steps and really, really trust the process and really calm down and clean house, you might discover just who you are. You might really discover who you are. And that, my friend, is about overcoming sadness. You better believe it. You better believe it. All right. Stay tuned, man. We've got some, we got some great exercises coming up in our final segment, imagination exercises about pointing our imagination toward the right objectives and how to stay happily and usefully whole. In a world of overstimulation, you've arrived in a safe and calming space. This is In This Moment with Toby C. on iHub Radio. Well, I think we've had a really good show. We've been talking about overcoming sadness. And, um, and that's, I mean, overcoming anything is what recovery is all about. And sadness, this real deep core hurt that so many of us have and that we acquire and that we carry around with us for, the, for our, our entire lives are are sometimes, you know, the luggage for some of us is just a little bit too heavy and, and we, we can't handle it anymore and we crack and we act out. You know, we throw in the towel. We're just beaten down so far, there's, there's, no, there's no room to run anymore. And we talked about some solutions, but let me finish up by saying so much about recovery is about the use of the imagination. And the one little trick that I didn't, I didn't discuss during our solution segment to overcoming sadness is if, is I, I hinted, but I didn't outright tell you that if you want to overcome sadness, focus your attention on another suffering human being in order to be helpful to them overcoming their sadness. I'm going to repeat this. If you want to overcome something, help somebody else overcome the same damn thing, okay? It's that simple. And if you're trying to overcome sadness, the only way you're really going to overcome sadness is by focusing your attention on helping another suffering soul overcome their sadness. And let me tell you one of the best tools to focus your attention in helping another person overcome anything, including sadness, is the imagination. The imagination is what it's all about, my friend. I'll tell you, the imagination is what gets us in trouble. 
And I'm telling you, the imagination is what can get you out of this pickle too. Quite often, we see things in the newcomer that they're unable to see themselves. Sometimes we can be the guiding light that the newcomer needs to see. And I'm going to tell you, in chapter 7 of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous entitled Working With Others, it says this in the very first paragraph, nothing so ensures immunity against acting out and drinking and using Nothing so ensures immunity against that behavior as intensive work with another suffering soul. It works when all else fails. You can be uniquely helpful. You can help these people where nobody else could seem to help them. And don't think because you haven't completed the 12 steps and you haven't got 30 years of sobriety that you can't do the deal. Let me tell you, you can do this deal immediately. No matter how far down the scale we have fallen, we can see how our experience can be useful to another suffering soul. And don't you ever forget it. I don't care how deep and how and how messed up you are in your disease and how much you are suffering, in the snap of a finger, you can focus your attention, if you are willing to, on another suffering soul. And what happens when we focus our attention on another suffering soul is we open up our hearts. See? The mind needed to be opened up in order to calm down and recover. And the result now is that the heart is going to be opened up. The heart is going to be opened up so that, so that the peace of God can flow through us and into another person. If you get into recovery, you are going to discover that your real purpose is to fit yourself to be of maximum service to God and those about you. I want you to imagine yourself getting to the other side finally. I want you to imagine yourself being a sponsor. I want you to imagine yourself setting aside an hour or two every single day to pay attention to another suffering soul. And you watch what happens when you open up that heart and you let God enter. You know, it's a love triangle. When two people are gathered together, man, there is a love triangle. God is there and miraculous things happen. I hope you got something out of this past hour with me, Toby C., on, on our show in this moment on overcoming sadness. Toby C. at iHaveRadio.com. Email me anytime. Have a great day. Catch you on the rebound. God bless. Thank you.